Good. All right. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Well, if you are uh, joining us on YouTube or Facebook this morning, I encourage you to, to let us know in the chat that you're there. Say hi. And, uh, and if, you're, if you're gathered, there might be some that uh, we've suggested that maybe some people could, uh, could do uh, watch parties and gather in your home to worship together with us. So if there's some of you that are doing that, uh, let us know that as well. We want to be praying for you uh, as you gather. Good, good. Well, we are, can, can we switch the uh, video over, guys, please? Thank you. Awesome. We are starting today a, uh, a six-week series called Training for Reigning. Training for Reigning. And uh, we're going to be looking at episodes in the life of Joseph. Um, the story of Joseph, uh, the, the stories that we're going to look at, it's a story of Joseph and it's a story of you. Right? It's a story that took place almost 4,000 years ago and it's a story that's happening right here, right now. And, uh, and, and that's, that's the beautiful thing about the Word of God, right? Is the things that, the principles that, that were real and true 2,000, 4,000, however many thousand years ago, are, God doesn't change. And that's really good news. And then there's other news that human nature doesn't really change a whole lot either, right? I mean, we find ourselves in the same messes that they did 2,000 years ago. And, and the reality is we need the same Savior. We need the same God, right? We need the same hope. And, uh, and so this story of Joseph is a story of how God works in and through every circumstance and every season of our lives, even the most difficult ones, to equip and prepare us for our purpose and destiny. God had an ultimate plan for Joseph to be elevated to a position of ruling in Egypt. That was God's plan all along, right? And everything that happened before that in Joseph's life was training and preparation for jo Joseph to step into God's plan and purpose for him, right? And... and uh, and God has an ultimate plan for you. He has an ultimate plan for you. Both in this life, to live out His purpose, but also in the age to come, one day you are meant to rule and reign with Christ. Scripture says, scripture says that you will judge angels. And it says that you are already spiritually seated in heavenly places with Christ upon his throne. Your place is already reserved for you to rule and reign with Christ. 
But right now, you are in, I am in preparation for our destiny. We're going to spend the next six weeks learning how God, through those seasons, uses uh, our experiences to prepare us right now for what, he's, what he has planned. Um, Joseph, many of you would be familiar with this story. Some of you here may not. Some of you watching online may not. Joseph was, so today's, today's message, part one of our series, is called The Power of a Dream. Um, Joseph was the great-grandson of Abraham. And Abraham had received a promise from God that he would have a son of promise in his old age. He was an, he was an old guy. He was older than anyone in this room. And yet God said, I'm going to give you a son of promise. And through, the de- descent, through a descendant of that son, God would bring about, God would use Abraham and his son to bring about his salvation purpose for all of humanity. That's pretty cool. And so Abraham had Isaac when he was 100 years old. There's Isaac. And Isaac, um, when he grew up and got married, he had two sons, twins, named Esau and Jacob. Right? Everybody with me? Okay. Um, Jacob stole the birthright from Esau for a bowl of stew. Whole other story. We don't have time to, to get into the details of this morning, but stole the birthright. Jacob stole it from his older brother, slightly older, came out of the womb just, just before him. They're twins. And Jacob was holding on to Esau's heel as he came out, right? Even from birth, you're not going to get ahead of me. And uh, so, so Jacob won the right to be the one through whom God's promise to Abraham would pass, okay? And, uh, and so Jacob, who, uh, so Esau was renamed Edom and was the father of the Edomites. And Jacob was renamed Israel and was the father of the Israelites. And these are the 12 sons of Jacob, of Israel, And Joseph was the second youngest of those sons. So just a bit of frame of reference for who we're talking about this morning. All right? So, I am just realizing that my stashed glasses are missing, so I'm going to try and read this without reading glasses. Let's see how this goes. Let's see how this goes. Genesis 37, verses 1 to 11. I'll get way back here. All right. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a a young man of 17 
was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. He was a snitch, right? Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made uh, an ornate robe for him. His coat of many colors, right? When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were, we were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright. While your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. So they hated him. They hated him more. Then they hated him more. Right? It's not going in a good direction. Um, then he also had another dream. And he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time, the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he had told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down on the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, and his father kept, but his father kept the matter in mind. First point this morning. God has a dream for you. In Romans 4.17, Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing 2,000 years ago, right, just after the death and resurrection of Jesus, 2,000 years ago, was looking back almost 2,000 more years in history, and is talking about Abraham and Sarah conceiving a child in their old age. And he tells us that God is the one who, quote, gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. Right? God gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. God had a dream for Abraham's life. But when he looked at Abraham and Sarah, he didn't just see two old people wanting a child. But when he looked at Abraham and Sarah, he saw the nation of Israel that would come from their son. He saw the Savior that would be born in Bethlehem. He saw Christ atoning for the sacrifices for, for the sins of humanity on the cross. He saw Jesus raised from the dead and conquering death by his resurrection. 
He saw the return of Jesus and the new Jerusalem and the restoration of all things in the new heaven and the new earth. God did not just see two people who wanted a child, but he saw all of salvation history wrapped up in this promise. Right? And I say that to say that when God looks at your life, he doesn't just see this moment. God spoke to a prophet named Jeremiah in the beginning of his long and difficult ministry. He was probably about the same age as Joseph was when he had his dreams. He was just a young young man. And God spoke to him and said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So God God was saying that before Jeremiah was even born, God had a dream for his life. While you were still an embryo in your mother's womb, God had a dream for you. And from the moment you were conceived, he has been working in your life, bringing about his plan and his purpose. Psalm 139 says something very similar about us. Verses, starting in verse 13. If I can find verse 13. For you created me in... For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I can't resist. I always, always think of sock puppets when I, see, when I read that. I, I don't know why. You knit me together. You're not a sock puppet. But God, God put you together in your mother's womb. Just the way he wanted you. I praise you. God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God has a dream for you. And I believe, believe with all my heart, that God has a dream for every human that he's ever made. Unfortunately, many of them don't get to live out that dream because they've resisted God's work in their lives. But it remains for us to choose will I cooperate with God and let him work out his dream in me? When he looks at your life and mine, he doesn't just see who we are, but who we are becoming. He sees his dream for us, his plan and his purpose from start to finish. He is taking you somewhere. Sometimes when we feel like we're just going around in circles and we're not sure what our life is about and where things are going and 
you know, what's happening to us. But we can trust that in the midst of what we see as confusion and uncertainty, God has never stopped working out His plan for us. He's taking you somewhere. He knows knows the wrong turns that you will take. And as someone has said, the good news is that God's dream for me has factored in my stupidity. (laughs) Right? He already knows the failures I'm going to make, the the mistakes I'm going to make. He already knows how I'm going to blunder and then turn back to Him and blunder and turn back to Him. But in the midst of all that, God is at work working out His plan and purpose. So God gave Joseph dreams, not just to mess with his head, not just to get him in trouble with his brothers, but God gave Joseph dreams to point his life in the direction of God's purpose for him. And some of you, maybe this morning, maybe you have a glimpse of God's dream for you. Maybe maybe at some point in your life, God's given you, he's pulled back the curtains and you've gotten some little glimpse of what God wants to do in and through your life in this world. And those sometimes we, we see little glimpses of those things and then and then things things don't go, you know, it, it doesn't happen immediately, and, and we're wondering what happened to that dream. But that dream wasn't given to you necessarily. It it almost never is meant to to to, to just start the next day, right? You wake up in the morning and Living the dream, right? But it's meant to point us in the direction of where God wants to take us. Second point, God will watch over the dream. He might give you a glimpse of things that he has for you that might even make no sense or may seem impossible. And it might seem like your life is headed in the absolute opposite direction of the dream. As it was for Joseph at points. Your life might even be headed in a direction that seems like the dream, the dream couldn't possibly come to pass. Joseph gets these dreams, and the next thing we know about him is he's betrayed by his brothers, threatened with death, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery by his brothers. How many want to go to that family dinner for Thanksgiving? Right? We'll talk about that next week. was headed in the complete opposite direction from ruling or reigning. Instead, he ended up being a slave for 10 years and imprisoned for three years. But the reality is you don't have to make the dream happen. Joseph didn't have to make the... In fact, when he tried to make it happen, he got himself in a mess, Right? It's not our job to make the dream happen. We just need to be ready to cooperate with God each step of the way. To surrender to Him. To say yes to Him. 
each step of the way. No matter what happens, good or bad, understanding that what I'm going through right now is training for what God has in store for me. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will be, will, everybody say will be, will be faithful to bring it, to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God will watch over his dream for your life. And he will be faithful to bring it to completion. Thirdly, God dreams will always have opposition. God dreams will always have opposition. It's part of the, it's part of the testing. It's part of the training. It's part of the equipping. It is to be expected. However, Sometimes the very people you expect to support the dream are those who oppose it. We look at this story and we can, we can see the naivety of this 17-year-old young man to share his, dream, his dreams with his family and think that they're going to be okay with the implications of it, Right? Um, we might, we might want to say to Joseph, Joseph, read the room. Read the room, right? The, the people that you're telling the story to are not impressed. They're not excited about this. I mean, I don't know what he thought would happen. Maybe he thought, I'm going to tell these dreams and they're going to hoist me up on their shoulders and dance around shouting, Joseph, Joseph, right? I, I don't know what he thought would happen. What do we do when the people we hoped would believe in us, when the people we hoped would encourage the God dream in our lives, in our hearts, actually turn on us? Or tell us that we're foolish for believing that God would even want to use us? Some of you have heard those voices. Not just in here, but you've actually had people speak those words into your life. Joseph seemed to have a resilience about him that as long as he knew that God had a plan, he could walk through anything, he could walk through anyone disapproving of him or speaking ill of him or betraying him. He seemed to have this resilience that that as long as he kept his eyes on God, as long as he kept trusting that God was working out the dream. Folks, God, God needs to be more real to us than the people in our lives. His voice needs to be more real to us than the voices that are coming at us. And we need to trust Him more than we trust even what we are seeing or hearing as we walk this journey. Because folks, we will have reason every day to be discouraged, disappointed, 
defeated and despair. There will be reason every day. But it's our job to be resilient, to keep our eyes on Jesus, to be reminding ourselves that God is at work in my life, working out His plan and purpose. And everything I'm walking through right now is training for everything He has in store for me tomorrow. And that dream will keep us going. A dream from God will keep you going. Kelsey Mitchell, gold medalist for Canada at the Olympics, 2020 Olympics that happened this summer in 2021. She said, uh, she said in an interview I listened to, she said riding, she, she, she won for a track cycle sprint. So she was a cyclist. She said, riding hurts but it's so worth it, right? She kept the dream in front of her even when training was hard because she knew what she was working towards. She knew what she was going for. She knew what the dream was, and because of that, she could push through the pain that she experienced every day in the discipline of training. We will have Pain in the discipline of training in our lives, folks. As followers of Jesus, every day holds in it the pain of discipline. And if all we look at is the discipline, is all we look at is the challenge and the training, then we will give up really quick. But if we keep our eyes on the, on the dream, on the goal, on where he's taking, like Paul said, forgetting what is behind and pressing ahead, pressing towards what is ahead. I, I, I strain forward towards the goal for which God has called me heavenward. He's called you heavenward. We're straining towards a goal, folks. Sometimes when we move towards the dream, we end up in the pit. Just remember the pit is not the end game. The dream is. Don't waste the pit because God wants to teach you something even in the pit. Somehow, God gave Joseph grace to be able to learn in every one of these circumstances that he went through. As foolish as he was at 17, as naive as he was, as, as, uh, as much as he got himself in trouble again and again, the reality is he had something in him that was willing to learn in every season. And he learned something in the pit that helped him be a good if I'm going to be a slave, I better be a good slave. And I'm going to learn what God has for me in this season, right? Getting ahead of, our, of, of us in our series, because we'll get there. But, but, but uh, he didn't waste the pit. Learn everything you can in the pit, but keep moving. As Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, 
keep going. Right? Don't park there. It's not the place you want to stop. If you're going through hell, keep going. Keep moving. Because there's something on the other side of it. Right? Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, For the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Right? The writer of Hebrews here is saying, I know it can be hard on days. I know you might feel weary and want to give up, but consider Jesus, who kept the reason for the cross before him so that he could go through the cross. How did Jesus endure that? Because he knew the dream. He knew that on the other side of this, not only would he step back into his Father's glory, but he would bring with him everyone who trusted in him. God knows how hard it can be to live for a God dream in a world of opposition because he did it himself. And he wants you to know that you can do it. But in order to do it, we have to keep our eye on the dream. Keep our eye on God. You have to know where you're going and why you're going there. It's a kingdom principle. It is a kingdom principle that, the, that a cross always comes before a crown. You will experience hardship. But hardship is never for nothing in the follower of Christ. It's actually part of what will propel you towards the goal. And last point this morning. A dream will keep you faithful. We're going to talk a little more about this, this episode in Joseph's life I'm going to mention in, in a couple weeks. But in Genesis 39, we read how Joseph was faced with incredible temptation. His Egyptian master, Potiphar's wife, lusted after Joseph and insisted he commit adultery with her. And in Genesis 39, verse 10, we're told that she was after him every day. But he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her, the scripture says. He chose not even to put himself in the position of being around her. Do you think that was because Joseph wasn't interested in women? No, because we know that he eventually got married and had some sons and had some children. Do you think he was a super saint that somehow didn't experience temptation? Either. But he was able to resist temptation because 
being faithful to God's dream for his life was more important than any distraction. The dream was burning in his heart, and that was all that mattered. Stephen Covey, an author and leadership coach, says, um, it's easy to say no when there's a deeper yes burning inside. It's easy to say no when there's a deeper yes burning inside. When you know what your life is about, you can easily push aside the things it isn't about. Right? The distractions can be pushed away. To go back to Hebrews 12, it says it this way, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We hear about too many followers of Jesus, church leaders, falling by the wayside these days, falling to, to, to tragedy, falling to, to um, you know, falling to sin, falling, falling away. And, and it's somehow along the journey when things were difficult, when things were coming at them, when, when voices were coming at them that were negative, when they were in the pit, when they were in prison, when they were in challenging situations, somehow along the journey, they got their eyes off of Jesus and onto circumstances, and all that they could see is, I just need to make my life better somehow. And they grabbed onto the distractions. And they lost the dream. And folks, God wants that none of us would lose sight of the dream that he has for our lives. That none of us would become um, destroyed, shipwrecked by getting our eyes off of him. And I think Joseph shows us the power of, of when we have our eyes on the dream, on the purpose of God for our lives, on, on all that God has in store for us. And we, we say, I will not let anything come between me and what, what God wants for me. I'm going I'm to press towards that. No distraction is more important than the dream. No distraction is more important than God's purpose for my life. So let's recap some things we learned from, from Joseph's life. God has a dream for your life, number one. And maybe you can't see it right now. Maybe you can't see it yet. Uh, let, let me just... Let me just add this. 
that if you have never, if you feel like I've never had a glimpse of God's dream for my life, that might be you. And, and, and that's okay. Let's be honest enough to say that if that's, if that's where we're at. I've never had a glimpse of God's dream for my life. Let me say that God has a... Sometimes we get little glimpses. Sometimes some people get bigger glimpses. Some people get no clear glimpses. But let me say that you, your life and God's purpose for your life is that you are a part, you are about, your life is about something so much bigger than you. And your life story... Is, is, a, is a part of God's big story. And that your life story is about bringing other people into God's story. And if you don't glimpse any other part of your dream, that's enough. It's enough to know that God wants your life to be about bringing other people into God's big story. God has a dream for your life. God will bring the dream to pass. Your job and my job is to cooperate by trusting Him, no matter what. You will have, thirdly, you will have opposition and sometimes from people that you never expected it. You will have hardship. And when you do, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the dream of God for your life. And it will keep you going. And it will keep you faithful. Let's stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you have rescued us out of our own failure and sin. God, I, I, I pray right now for any, anyone listening, whether they're here in this room or watching online, pray for anyone who doesn't yet know how amazing you are, who doesn't yet know your love, who hasn't yet surrendered their lives to Jesus, who hasn't yet realized that their life isn't just about going from, from one experience to another, from one thing to another, but there's a plan, there's a purpose. There's a God who loves them. There's a Savior that He sent to give His life for them so that their life could become about something more than just existing and just surviving, but could become about the big story of God. God, I pray that right now, in this moment, there would be some who would say, 
I need a Savior. I need Jesus to, to forgive me and save me and, and pull me out of my, my isolated, selfish story and bring me into the big story of God. God, I thank you that you have a dream and a plan and a purpose for every one of us. And that you're working out that plan in our lives. And I thank you that you are so amazing that you can take the most, most challenging, difficult circumstances in our lives that sometimes we think are for our destruction. And you can flip them around and use them for our good. God, I thank you for Joseph and his story. And I thank you that God, at the end of, at the end of his story, the, the last chapter of Genesis, as he's reflecting on these challenging, difficult moments in his life, he spoke to his brothers and he said, you meant these things for harm, but God meant them for good and for the saving of many. God, I thank you that everything that everyone ever meant against us for harm, even everything that the enemy throws at us, that God feels, feels harsh and difficult and challenging and impossible. Yet God, you have this amazing way of flipping it around and using it for our growth and our healing and our strengthening and our victory to train us for reigning, to train us to walk in the authority that you have given us. And so God, I pray that today before we leave this place, before we turn off the live stream, we would be willing to surrender every part of our lives to you. The good things, the hard things, the victory things, the crushing things. Surrender them to you and say, God, I want to be part of your story. I want to be part of your dream. I give all of this to you and I ask you to use it. Grow me into the son and daughter of God that you want me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's, uh, we're going to sing in response. Well, we're going we're, we're gonna to sing. We're going to, you can, you can pray and worship along with us. Just in response from our hearts this morning. Jesus, I am thirsty. Won't you come and fill? Only you can say
Captivated by you. We want more of you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for joining us online. If, uh, if we can pray specifically for you or help you in any way, please reach out to us, email us, fill out a connect card on our website. Thank you, those of you who are here this morning uh, for joining us. And uh, you don't need to rush away. If you need to go, God bless you. But if you want to linger a bit, let God's presence minister to your hearts, to your needs, to your circumstances. You're welcome to stick around. We'd love to pray with you. God bless you.